Okay, so I'm going live, um, even though probably people in America won't see this until it's actually already over. And um, the people who are in Japan, well, um, they're probably watching the news as it's happening. So this is kind of a rapid response slash rapid reaction. Um, this is going to be on YouTube, Facebook, and the podcast. So on the podcast, you know me for as Dopio. Um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, Dante Dakada and Facebook, y'all just know me as Ty. So um, let's get right into it um, because it's going to be very short. Um, just now, about 30 minutes ago, um, Shinzo Abe announced that he would be resigning due to health and, um, well, I guess due to health reasons. Uh, he is. Uh, he has been under the weather. There have been rumblings about things going on for the last um, couple of weeks. Uh, he has been seen, um, I think, twice in the last two weeks, um, and it's just unavoidable. Um, for those of you who don't know the history of um, Abe, um, I'll, I'll kind of run it down, but he's from a well-established political family. His grandfather was seen as kind of the economic king of Asia, um, air quotes. Um, of his time, um, and of course he came into prominence um, under the LDP. I'll explain what the LDP is um, shortly. Um, he had one stint as the Prime Minister. He resigned because of health reasons then, and uh, then he decided to jump back into the fray um, a few years later and you know, became the Prime Minister again. Um, so uh, he is much embattled because of a, a number of different policies, and that stems from what the LDP is. So what is the LDP? The LDP is the Liberal Democratic Party, and don't let the name fool you uh, into thinking it has any resemblance to the Democratic Party in America. It's completely different. Don't think they're the same. Um, so the Liberal Democratic Party is more conservative um, and more nationalistic uh, in their stance. That being said, it's a big tent party. Um, this is a party that not only um, seeks or that's kind of nationalistic but it also has some social democratic values as well as having some hawkish um, stances within the party itself um, this is quite prevalent in Abe himself um, if you know anything about him I'll give you a couple of uh, highlights of his known um, policies um, his infamous policies um, none more infamous than Abenomics um, and Abenomics 2.0, um, which was a three-pronged policy uh, meant to kind of reinvigorate Japan's economy after the 90s crash, um, after the miracle economy, which um, if he was trying to recreate this miracle economy, and it was an Im impossibility um, just from the name itself. Like, uh, if something is heralded as a miracle, you're unlikely um, to recapture that same acclaim. Um, so he tried to recapture that, uh, that miracle economy by um, controlling um, inflation, by uh, stimulus of the workforce and of policies that were going to uh, meant to bolster uh, the, I guess, the working, uh, the working class of Japan. Uh, while also stimulating number three, because um, of the three-pronged policy, uh, number three while also uh, expanding international partnerships and structures in place um, to 
uh, make Japan a leader abroad as well. Was it successful? No, it wasn't successful. Um, and he has been trying to tweak it um, to make it work, i.e. Abenomics 2.0. Um, he has done some things right um, by the, uh, in the view of some Japanese people. Um, he's done some things wrong in the views of Japanese people. Um, late, uh, the latest, I guess, uh, infamous thing um, that he's done or been known for is the stimulus here in Japan and the corona response. Um, at his behest, um, the, the national uh, emergency policy was put into place. Now, those of you in America know what a national emergency policy is. It's what allows um, the federal government to take you know, power and, and money and allocate it to states. Uh, whereas the national response policy or the national emergency policy in Japan does not have that same power. Um, that power that uh, Abe tried to seize um, could only be shored up in name alone because he can say, or the prefectures can say it's a national emergency, but there's nothing really the uh, parliamentary government can do. Um, there's nothing that Abe could really do uh, as far as money and power is concerned over those prefectures. Those prefectures still had power of themselves. To give you an example of what that means, um, when Koike-san, the governor of Tokyo, said that nobody should leave Tokyo, well, that included the people who were in parliament who were a part of the government. That includes Abe-san. So he had to actually listen to what she was saying, even though he's a head, like, a head of state. Like, so that just gives you an idea of how complicated um, the political situation was for not just him, but for the Japanese system. Bell's gonna ring, students are gonna keep coming, I'm gonna keep going. Um, so what was the big thing? Another big thing that Abe was known for was trying to revise the constitution. As I said, the LDP was a hawkish, uh, a hawkish policy entity in the sense that they have spent more on the military than any previous um, iteration of the LDP. Um, and now that has aligned it closely with America, as America is also a very deep-pocketed military. Um, Abe has um, been out front in his expansion of the idea of what the Ninth Amendment um, in the Japanese Constitution, I'll explain what that is, what that means. Uh, when I talk about the Ninth uh, Amendment, um, I want to speak specifically, I want to uh, give you guys um, the actual verbiage, um, but um, as to not be too wonky, I'm just going to summarize what the uh, Ninth um, what the ninth Amendment is, um, is basically saying that um, Japan cannot have um, a standing military, they could only have a defense force. Now, the idea of a defense force um, on its... Uh, just hearing the word defense force, you think, oh, okay, you know, they, they have the right to defend themselves. Well, that's every military. No, that's not every military. If you look at the military that's uh, like the American military, that's an offensive and defensive force. Literally, the way that Japan has been able to get around that mandate of having a defense force is by calling it literally a defense force. Um, but as time has gone on, um, as Abe has expanded what this 
uh, amendment means it has been a de defense force in everything um not uh, it has been more than an expense or defense force in everything but name um they have been deployed um while they have not been actively offensive um their spending has been higher um their um their use of military technology has been more expansive um, their agreements and their task force with the military has been more expansive um, and um, they have been interacting more on a global scale when it comes to expanding military presence um, this has caused many an issue here in japan as this is a pacifist constitution and a pacifist country um, be that as it may um, there was some clamoring around possibly expanding the constitutional powers um, of Abe to change the Constitution. Um, just to let you know, that Constitution has been in place since World War II. So the idea of changing that Constitution is a very big deal. Um, so, yes, he had gotten a lot of a lot of flack from that. Um, that um, aside from that. Um, one more thing I'll talk about is his international policies and his international relations as it pertains um, to Japan. So um, as Abe has gone on, his international policies have been um, have been more expansive as far as interacting with different countries. He wanted to seek a more peaceful and engaging role with China. Uh, he did want to continue ties with America despite um, the things that Trump was doing to kind of fray that. He's taken a hard line against North Korea. He's expanded the policies um, of engagement with India. Um, he's, he was spearheading the TPP, much maligned in America, but it was, a, uh, it was something that was supposed to economically empower um, people here, uh, not just in Japan, but in Asia as a whole. So there were things that he was trying to do to economically um, put Japan up on a level where um, they were still leading Asia, um, as the Pacific, um, as far as economic policy is concerned. Um, now, where things kind of fell apart was the fact that he wasn't handling as much on the home front in a lot of people's opinions. And you, you will hear me generalize a lot of people's opinions because I'm not Japanese. So I'm going to speak to the general pulse of what's been going on. Um, uh, he received a lot of critics uh, for what he's been doing for um, the domestic economic situation um, as far as uh, sorry students running by as far as um, leveling the playing field between uh, males and females in the workplace um, there's been a big issue with um, as everyone knows the population going down sorry the bell's gonna ring and ring and ring and I'm gonna keep talking um, as far as the population going down, um, this was attributed to the inability of people to enter the workplace and then exit the workplace um, when they were having kids. There was no support system there from the government itself. So he was trying to implement policies to do that. But some people say he wasn't going far enough um, to help those people. Um, uh, he tried to establish um, economic zones with that, that third part of the plan to ensure that people um, we're given the free reign, like without regulation, to do more with their money so that there could be more economic prosperity for Japan, but that just didn't pan out. Um, so he will, what, what is his legacy going to be? Uh, well, he's still the longest serving prime minister that Japan has had by a few days. Um, 
He's um, still modernized Japan's military, um, though it's always been modern because of its partnership with America. Um, but as, as it stands, uh, one second. So as it stands, like there's not going to, there's not going to be any big changes um, as far as the military or as far as Japanese policy is concerned. They're not going to be changing very much. Um, but what I can say is that um, whoever steps up next is going to be from the LDP. It's probably going to be, was it, uh, also? Yeah, probably going to be him. Um, they're not, it's not likely to be another, uh, there's someone else who's really popular right now, uh, Koike, the governor of, of Tokyo, who I uh, referenced earlier in this video. There were some rumblings that it might be her. Unlikely, highly unlikely, maybe in the future, but right now it's probably going to be somebody who's right along the same vein. And um, also had, uh, Asul-san had um, run the government before, so it's likely that he's going to be in there again. Um, so I'll end it at that. This was much longer than I wanted it to be. It's twice as long as I wanted it to be, but I wanted to give you guys as much information as I possibly could so you could understand the scope of the Japanese government and what it means for Abe-san's re uh, uh, resignation. So uh, for those of you who are watching on the or for one of those of you who are watching on Facebook, thank you for watching live. For those of you who are watching on the podcast, if you have any questions, oh sorry. Yeah, those of you watching on the pod or listening on the podcast, if you have any questions, of course, um, you can message me. Um, that's Dopio. And if you're watching on the YouTube channel, subscribe, comment below. I'll answer as many questions as I can. This is what I studied in college, so this is pretty much right in my wheelhouse. Thank you all for watching and listening. I'll see you guys next time on Dopio. I'll, I'll talk to you guys next time on YouTube. I'll see you guys next time. And on Facebook, I'll talk to you guys right about now. So, see ya.